All right, yes, it is the Talking Ball podcast. We are back for another week here, the week of, uh, well, September's tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday, the 31st of August. But, yeah, September's tomorrow, man. We're excited for playoff baseball. We're excited for football. It's Ryan and Antonio, of course, here back better than ever. Antonio, what's going down, man? Not a whole lot, man. The only thing going up right now is that Mariners baseball and the way they're leading the AOS will tied for it. So let's just jump into baseball real quick before we jump into football. Yeah. Rel- relatively a short, short episode, I would say this yeah. week. It's kind of, we're rolling into football season, both college and pro and the NFL. And we'll have a lot more to talk about. Just a lot more happens when, when football season rolls around here in the Definitely. States, you know? Yeah. So, but with baseball season kind of on the rise for postseason, let's jump into it, man. The Mariners are tearing it up. They won 21 games in the month of August. It's ending today, so they could possibly get 22. We'll see, which would they would end, was it 22 and 6, I believe it is. I'll have to double-check the number on that. But they have 21 wins, nevertheless. Franchise record. They're on fire. Everyone's mm-hmm. hitting hitting the skin off the ball. Cal Raleigh, Tay Oscar's warmed up, being the, warmed up, heating up to the player we thought he was going to be when we traded for him this offseason. And, of course, you got Julio Rod Regan. Before I jump into it, because you know, I'm the Mariners fan and I will talk about them for days, hours, minutes on whatever on any time frame. What's your take on the Mariners right now going into the last month of the season? Man, everything's just coming together. You know, their pitching was already really good and now their hitting is really good. You know, obviously Julio Rodriguez's batting average is skyrocketing, which is really what you want. It's what you paid him for. And, you know, it did take him a little bit longer in the season to do it, but so did every bat. You know what I mean? Like the Mariners, it just took them a little longer this season to get the bats going and, but you know, it's, it's, it's coming together at the right time. And I, I you know, we were, I was talking to our, our friend Todd Lyons the other day and, you know, the, the Rays had that really hot start to start off the season. Uh, what did they go like, you know, 30 or 28 and like five or something like that? Like, like they, they just, they it was were like on fire. 34 and 15, yeah. I think it was, or something like that. And the Mariners are on pace to even break that, that mark. I mean, they are really that on fire. Uh, so I'm, I'm just impressed, man. I'm, I'm really impressed with, with, with this team. And, and I, and I think that they are in such a great position too. You know, you think about teams that don't have a, a big payroll, right? You know, the Mariners aren't like at the bottom of the basement, but they're not the Padres and they're not the Dodgers. I would rather be the Mariners right now than any of those teams because they have great pitching. They're young in their pitching. And they have an ace. They have multiple aces, in my opinion. I mean, you can throw Kirby in there. You can throw Castillo in there. Gilbert's a great arm. Their bullpen's really good. Um, you know, they, they, they've blown some games here and there, but they've been overall consistent. And man, I mean, if this hitting comes together like it is and, and Julio Rodriguez leads the way, you're in, you're in, uh, in a great position. And again, I know we talk about it every week, but t- baseball is a sport where you get into the tournament. You never know. You just never know. You can be a wild card team. This isn't the NBA where you're an eighth seed. I know the Heat made it last year. I know, but they didn't win it. Okay. My Nuggets beat them. Eight seeds usually don't win in the NBA. You know, like every now and then a Giants with Eli, the Rogers team with the Packers, they were, they were wild cards, but. You know, wild cards don't usually win the Super Bowl. So, man, I mean, if the Mariners, even if they are a wild card, even if they don't win the division, which I really hope they do because I can't stand the Astros, right? But, man, I mean, you never know. You know, This team can get hot, and if they have, you have good pitching, you have a good bullpen, you're going to be in every game. So I, I really think this Mariners team is in, is in a good position. Yeah, but they're getting really hot right now, and, man, I, I just would be uh, – very, very pleased if I'm a Mariners fan. This has like, I remember when the Mets were really, were, had that postseason run where, you know, their hitting just came together in the postseason and they already had those aces, Syndergaard, DeGrom. They had great pitching. Their bullpen was really good. So I, I'm telling you, man, I think this Mariners team can really make a run. I'm, I'm really excited about this team. You pretty much said what I was going to say, so I'll try and keep it short and simple. I usually like to get on rants and ramble and all this. Beginning <laughs> of the season, it was, we're not good enough, Ugh. fire everyone. If it's not working, now it's working. If they can get in, keep everyone, but it just, you cannot have the start that you have this year going into next year with the talent you're going to have and who you could possibly bring in free agency, depending if there is anyone to even bring in if you want to break up any chemistry. But to get to this current team, right now, Julio's on fire. His batting average went up 30 points, over 30 points. He's batting the 250s. Wow. He's now batting 286 as of today. Uh, he's had the last couple, of the, he's had the last few games off with a sore foot. Get him ready for the final push here. 
going to the postseason. You got to have your star players healthy. But it hasn't just been Julio. Pitching's been great. The bullpen's been great. Munoz and Brash have been really the highlight in the bullpen. More Brash because Brash, you can throw him in any situation, whether it's to eat up innings, if it's to set up, if it's to close. Brash has become kind of like that solidified go-to guy in the bullpen that you know you you can count on to go in and get the job done. Munoz is starting to get into his role as a closer. You have guys in their in their new roles, you could say, per se, adapting now. With Munoz as the closer, Brash being the guy, hey, we just need to call on you at any time. Just be ready when we give the call. Mm-hmm. The main the main thing has been the pitching has kept the Mariners alive this whole season. If it wasn't yeah. for the pitching, they wouldn't even be close to where they're at now. The pitching, even with all the injuries, with all the little hiccups here and there in the rotation, with Ray going down and Logan, Logan off to a little rough start, you know, having to bring in rookies like – like um, Emerson Hancock and Miller and Wu and throw them in the rotation. They've done fantastic, especially with Luis Castillo leading the way in the charge with those guys. So if it wasn't for pitching, the Mariners would not be where they are, but the bats have woken up. Hernandez is bad. It's, it's, it's heating up. Julio has been on fire the last month. And then Raleigh's even heating up. It's just the whole team one through nine is finally, they're like, okay, it's time to step it up. We need to step it up. And, win some baseball games. We, we got to stop letting relying on pitching going forward, right? So not so much stop relying on it, but we need to be able to back it up what they're doing because we can't just keep losing these one nothing game, 2-1 games, or one nothing when Kirby throws yeah. a, a, a complete gem, a nine-inning shutout, and you lose it in extras because you can't score a run, right? So them as a team, they're having fun, and it's all coming together, and this is the team we expected at the beginning of the season. It's later in the season, later than we wanted as Mariners fans and baseball fans in general, I would say. <laughs> Typical, but yeah. Better late than never. Mm-hmm. And you have to you're not going to be as hot as you are now, which it's it's because it's baseball, it's still there's still a lot of games left even though it's the last crunch in the season, right? The last the last quarter of the season. Just be just be consistent because I I heard on on I think it was uh, Wyman and Bob today on on the Seattle Sports Network for for Seattle Sports. They could go one game below 500 and still have a 91 season where they're sitting now, and that could possibly get them in the wild card. But I don't, they should not shoot for the wild card. Shoot for that AL pennant. Shoot for for the AL West. You have to be able to go through the rest of your schedule because you got Texas and Houston to end the season. And they're, you, those, those are the three teams battling for that number one spot right now in the AL West. It's, it's Houston, Seattle, and Texas. And Houston and Seattle, as of today, are tied for first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mariners are on fire. Houston's trying to get healthy enough, and they're they're kind of warming up too and getting on a yeah. little streak. So you got to watch out for them. They have the championship championship pedigree, and they're the team that knocked you out last year and overall won the title last year too. So keep it going. Keep on the hot streak. Just keep those bats consistent. You're not going to get Julio hitting 17 hits in, what was it, four mm-hmm. or five games? I don't exactly, exactly remember the number, but you're not going to get that, right? But you're going to get the leadership in Julio that we wanted in such a young player at 22 years old. You're seeing the leadership from Cal. You're seeing guys like, like I said, Tay Oscar stepping up. The pitching holding down the fort, really, while the bats weren't consistent or even appearing at the plate for most games in reality it seemed like they were just they even like load the bats up for a, for a homestand or for a road trip it's like why'd you even come why, why are you even stepping up to the plate so yeah as long as pitching can stay the way it's been all season the bullpen with with brash and muñoz new roles and topa's been very good in the bullpen too as of late moving forward this this later half of the season the bats can stay consistent if they can keep Rolling with the momentum they have, I don't see why they can't at least win the AL pennant. Excuse me, the AL West pennant, you know, pennant, and then moving forward over there. So they can win the AL West. Any, like you said, sky's the limit if you can get in the dance. If you can get the playoffs, sky's the limit. And pitching, ultimately, I believe, wins championships when you have the bats to back it up. So that's what I got. Just, just keep the momentum rolling in Seattle. Follow Julio. Follow the leaders of this team. Just really accept your role and just be consistent. This is just the time mm. just to be consistent. That's what it is. Yeah. Don't you can't fall off and lose four straight. You lose four straight, you can kiss the AL West goodbye. If yeah. you lose two or three straight, you know, in a row, you could lose the AL West goodbye. You you've been winning series minus the Orioles recently. They've won every series minus that Orioles series. I think the last nine series they played. I'd have to look up the exact number. But besides the Orioles, who were one of the best teams in the AL, who they actually did yeah. fairly well against. Yeah. 
they've won every series. Like they went to Houston and swept Houston. They haven't done that since 2000. And they are, they're eight, they're eight and two against Houston this year, from what I heard. Yeah, they're doing very well against Houston. So that is positivity going forward. Again, to close it out, keep the momentum going. Go in, do what you're paid to do, the role you need to step in, whatever player that is. Be consistent at the plate. The pitching's gonna hold it, hold down the fourth. They're gonna, they're gonna show up day in and day out they have all season. So is the bullpen. The bats need to be consistent and just roll into the playoffs. Get in, win that AL West title and go from there. Just don't let it come down to the final two series against Texas and Houston. Well, th- those, those two series could dictate even, even if you get in the playoffs. There you go. Just, just win your games. You gotta win. Just keep winning the series and roll with it. Just do what you're doing and don't stop. Don't overthink it. Don't overdo anything. Whatever's working is working and keep that going. What is it? What's the acronym? Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, right, right. Keep it simple. Go. It's working right now. Whatever's working, working, go. Run away with it. Get that AL West, get the playoffs and see what you can do come playoff time. That's all I got. Yeah, consistency is key. I think that especially in baseball when, when you're hitting and pitching comes together and, um, it's just time for a changing of the guard for me, man. Like they haven't won the AL West in so long. I'm so sick of the Astros. Like the, the Rangers fell off, like you know, not to say that they're completely out of it, but they fell off and took a nosedive. Like you said, they would. I'm just ready for a changing of the guard. And I know, I know the Mariners fans are, um, as well, but, uh, yeah, consistency is key, man. Like you gotta just keep, don't try to, you know, break records and, and just think about what you have to do to win a ball game. And I think that's what, the Mariners are doing right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I mean, I'm a Mets fan and, and they have a series coming up with the Mets tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. They fly to New York tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. I, I hope they sweep your Mets. I, I know I, I do like the yeah, Mets. No, I, they do they, too, they, to be honest. They, they, <laughs> they, they got to do it. Maybe not a, it's going to be hard. It's hard to do sweeps in the MLB. It is hard to sweep a team in the MLB. Especially like on the is, road like that. You know, yeah. it, it, on the road, but they can do it. But this, this is what's going to make or break you because. You gotta, you gotta go through the East and you're gonna have to play the Orioles again in Tampa and then you gotta come back home and you gotta play the Dodgers. So it's not a, not the easiest stretch right now for the Mariners, but it's, it's definitely doable. It is definitely doable for the Mariners for the remaining, for the remaining, what, 26 games, I think it is. If you had to guess right now, I hate to put you on the spot, but if you had to guess right now, what, what do you think the outcome is going to be if you had to say right now? <laughs> I think the Mariners get over 90 plus wins. I do think they keep on this little bit of a hot streak, not as hot as they've been. But consistent enough to keep rolling and finish with the plus win ratio, win loss ratio going forward. I'm not going to give an exact number, but mm-hmm. they'll win over 90 games and they're going to win the AL West. I All think right. they have the Let's momentum. Go. I think they know they have to do that to get into the playoffs. It's just, it's just too close. It's just yeah. too close. Even the wild card chase is too close. I think they know we have to get the AL West to realistically have a shot in the playoffs because the wild card is just as close as it is for an AL West title. I mean, the twins are sneaking up on, on there too. I think they're, if they were to fall back, they would be in second or third right now in the wild card. And the twins are heating up too there in the central, the AL yeah. East. They're all trying to get in the playoffs as well too, right now. So my, you put me on the spot, but you know, I 90 plus wins. I think they're going to get over the 90 win mark. They're going to beat that. The last couple, couple seasons, they've had 90 wins exactly. They're going to get over that. I think they're going to be about, I'll say about 93, 94. I think they'll be a yeah, couple games over it. Yeah. I think they'll hit about 93, 94 wins. They'll win the West and just go from there. Just go Man, from there. If you, if you can get a home series in the playoffs, that, that'll be not like a rest, but it'll be the comfort of your own home, your own stadium, your own fan base. Don't have to worry about going on the road to like Toronto or Baltimore yeah. or even Houston. Per se for three, two to three games, you're at home. You're on your home turf. Right. Roll with that. I think they know that. Too. I think I think they know there's more than than just going on the road. It's a matter of where you're going to go. It, they went to Toronto and they beat them two out of three last year in the wild card. But there's a chance you may have to go to Houston for two to three games, and that is that is something mm. you don't want to do, no. no matter what Houston team you're playing right now. So I, I think they know that the, there's pressure there, but I think they're kind of you know they're they're enjoying it. They're like, okay, this you know what. What do we go got to lose, it. man? Let's just yeah. go for it. You know, everyone wrote us off, wrote us off a couple months ago. Let's just roll with it and, and roll with it. As Gino Smith said last year, they wrote to me, but I ain't right back. <laughs> That's the yeah. Mariners right now. After that infamous Bronco game. Yes, yes. I was there. I remember. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, hey, the, we all wrote them off. And and you know what? They, they really have um, had an incredible second half 
of the season. And I, and I really, you know, appreciate that as a Mariner supporter, not a fan, but I support them. You know what I mean? Real quick. And I know it's negative. I know it's negative talk, but with this streak and going forward, if you don't make the playoffs, Oh, Oh God. Given what's happened. You need a changing of the guard in Seattle is the skip. No, that would be disastrous. That would be disastrous. Everyone's been calling for their heads, you know, the last couple months until this, this winter. Like, oh wow, we haven't seen the, the lead in the AL West for since 03, right? We've not been in the lead this late in the season since 2003. So if you blow it, if there is just somewhere just goes and it's just Ugh. a travesty, you have to change the guard in the, in the locker room with service and depoto and gm if if it just turns into a travesty and a disaster you have to change it has to change like even if, even if you're one game out if if you blow this yeah yeah you're you should be gone you don't deserve to keep your job that's my negative rant that's how bad it is yeah i mean that that's how bad it would be you know what i mean y'all can join uh aaron boone looking for a job next off yeah well, speaking of Aaron Boone, let's get to the Yankees real quick. I mean, look, they're out of it. I, I think Aaron Boone, I, I was even surprised they brought Aaron Boone back this year, to be honest, after getting swept by the Astros just because of the kind of like expectations of being a Yankee fan. It's like the Cowboys, like even though the Cowboys are not really much, um, you know, they're a playoff team and they get in, but they haven't been to an NFC championship game in a while. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in a while, but the expectation is always Super Bowl. The expectation is always you know, World Series with the Yankees, but uh, that's not happening this year. They're resting Aaron Judge now, so it just seems like they've pretty much waved the white flag. Um, they are last in the AL East. But uh, one Yankee that has been playing very well is Garrett Cole. Um, and in our rundown, you know, you put Cole the Cy Young. Or what do you think? I mean, do you think that even can you be a Cy Young? You know, I mean, I think that's baseball in general. Like, we've seen Cy Youngs be on really bad teams. Like, um, the, the Alcantara won on the, the, the Marlins last year, uh, for the NL Cy Young. He was on a pretty mediocre team and, but he, you know, if you pitch really well, you pitch really well. So what are your thoughts on that? Garrett Cole is the AL Cy Young this year. I don't think it's out of reach. Like I saw that he's the overall biggest odds favorite. I think I don't know the exact number, but I know I did see he's, he's the overall favorite for, for Vegas, right? To win the Cy Young. And they said, I think they had Castillo and then they had Sonny Gray right behind him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Has there been like a real dominant pitcher in the AL this year? You know what I mean? Like, or in baseball in general this year? I wouldn't say necessarily dominant. I think it's been pretty well across the board. I think the pitching clock has had a lot to do with that this year mm-hmm. in reality, where it's just the rhythm of pitcher, pitchers and they're, you know, um, we're superstitious creatures, baseball players. So sure. it's one of those, you know, we have our own routines. We have this and the pitch clock kind of changed that for pitchers. Usually pitchers can kind of set up, do the thing, whatever, pat a glove, walk around a mound, kick some dirt, whatever. There's no more of that. So they really, I think, got thrown off their groove to say, but I mean, I'll, I'll jump right to the question. I, I don't, I don't think it's far fetched to say Garrett Cole is this could be a Cy Young winner. He's 12 and four this year with the 295 ERA. They're good. saying statistically Sonny Gray is better than him with at seven and six, but I mean, he Garrett has five more wins than him. You know, he, mm. he may have two less lobby, but he has five more wins. Well, that comes down to the bullpen when when Gray does get pulled, right? So that's not necessarily his fault. But yeah, Garrett Coles, I think, has the numbers to back it up, even if the Yankees aren't doing so well this season. And that takes me back to Felix Hernandez when he won his Cy Young with the Mariners years ago, where he was the best pitcher in baseball. It was just he played on just a really crappy team. So I don't think in, in a in an individual in an individual award like this, where the pitcher literally can control the outcome of a game, but he doesn't control the bats that are being being put forth, you know, in the one through nine spots. So my yeah, my thing is like. Felix Hernandez won it a couple years ago. That's one thing I'm going to say. Felix Hernandez won it a couple years, which I'm glad because he was really deserving of. That's the year he beat CC Sabathia in the likes in the AL that year to take it because people are like, okay, he, he didn't have the best record, but damn, those numbers were good. I mean, he did that Seattle where it's like they would lose one nothing games and Felix would throw eight, nine innings. You know, it's yeah. just like we we're like, okay, we got, time. we got Felix and who else should Felix start swinging the bat? Like a few years before he won that <laughs> yeah. Cy Young. It's like DeGrom. DeGrom was the same way on the Mets. Yeah. Like a few years before, like we're like, we might as well throw Felix in. He had a grand slam off Johan in Queens, you know? So I remember <laughs> that. Like, yeah. we, did we give Felix that, like some bats? But yeah, no, like. I was going to reiterate and then I'll let, I'll let, let it jump back to you with the question. But yeah, Felix won it in two, it was it 2010. I think he won it off the double yeah. check. I think it was 2010. He won it. Um, when Felix won, almost said the Heisman when, 
Give him that too. Hell, that year he probably would have won the Heisman too if he would have been yeah. nominated. But when Felix won the Cy Young and beat CC and those guys out, he, he, it was more deserving. It didn't matter how bad the team was that he was on. All that mattered was his stats. Like, okay, he's on a bad team, but this guy has this many strikeouts. He has this is his ERA. Like, it was insane what Felix did on that Mariners team. That Mariners team was terrible. They they were not a good team, and Felix. Yeah kept them alive for the season if that's saying much just because they were that bad of a team but the writers and the voters were like you can't knock him for that because if he's on the Dodgers or the Yankees or or the Red Sox or any any other team that was just a decent team or a contending team that year Felix probably had a 20 plus win season in reality so I think they look at it from that perspective if he was on a better team what could he have done that's where it comes to Garrett Cole. The Yankees are down, but Garrett Cole has the stats to back it up. He doesn't control what's happening at, at bat. He doesn't control what guys are doing with their approach at the plate. He's doing his job on the mound and he's beating the best of the best when he faces the, when he's facing them across from the mound to the plate. Like he, he's, he's beating the mm-hmm. best. So I don't see why you would punish a guy for the other parts of the team that aren't yeah, functioning right. Like I, right. I, I think, I think if you're going to give it to Garrett Cole, I, I have no problem with it. No problem at all. Like yeah. I said, when Felix won it, when he won it on a losing team, he was the best pitcher in baseball, let alone the AL. That's from, that's Garrett Cole right now. He, he's the best pitcher in the AL, and I some people argue, but I think he is. But it's he's just on a bad team this year. You can't front him for that. So it's just – or not excuse me, front. You can't fault him for that. So mm-hmm. give him the award if the Yankees are a bad team and – they, they have other things to figure out because it's not Garrett Cole. Garrett no. Cole is not the problem in the Bronx. It's not Garrett Cole. It's everything else right, <laughs> besides right. Garrett Cole. So yeah, they're a mess right now. Give him his award. Know, I... Let him move on. They're not going to do much after that. So yeah, I know. I agree. I, I think if if you're going to give it to anybody, if it's it's either going to be him or Gray. But I think you know if he has more wins, if his ERA is you know hovering uh, in that mid two mark like that. It's pretty impressive. And again, I think baseball is a sport where you're going to give the award to the guy that just deserves it flat out. It's not, there's no bias. There's no like, oh, you have to, you know, you have to have this many wins or you have to be a postseason team. Like pitching is pitching and it's a hard thing to do. And if you're going to be that good, just give him the award. That's what I say. And, and, you know, I, I think the same thing. I, I think that's with baseball awards in general. Like maybe the MVPs are a little bit more skewed towards winning teams, but, you know, I know Ronald Acuna is probably going to win in the NL and, you know, in the AL, it's a toss-up, but, you know, I mean, obviously Otani probably in the AL too, but um, but look at Otani. He's on a bad team, and he'll probably win the AL MVP. So I, 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 that's what I do like about baseball. They actually give it to the guys who deserve the award. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like the NBA, like all-star voting is so determinant. On, like Draymond Green's going to make the all-star team. He averages a triple single. You know I mean? like, yeah. But it's just, this is because he was on those Warriors teams, and he played that great defense, and he was a leader on that team you know he he made all-star teams and so i you know I, I think with baseball it's definitely dope that they give it to the guys that really really do deserve it you know not all the time but you know i think this year i think it's a, a specific year where otani will get the al mvp and then a guy like cole who plays for another bad team will get the al cy young so i pulled it up real quick because i wanted to see the stats because i knew they were really good stats for felix so Felix, the year he won the Heisman, or I keep saying Heisman, man. I keep saying Heisman. The year Felix won the Cy Young, he went 13 and 12 with a 227 ERA and 232 strikeouts and two, 240, 249 and two third innings pitch. Wow. So. If he is on a winning team that year, he won it. MVP, maybe. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Maybe a World Series, depending what team he's on. It's just one of those, yeah. like, he's one of those Mariners greats that, unfortunately, we'd love to have him on the team. We love having Felix on the team, King Felix and all that. But it's like Griffey in the 90s. It's like him now. It's just like, we don't hope it happens to Julio. But it's like, you get these generational guys, and they don't do anything because Seattle just does not feel the good team. Yeah. Ugh. Like Ichiro. Look at the team Ichiro was on. Oh, one. Yeah. That was it. After that, it was just Ichiro. And then Felix came along later on, right? And then when mm-hmm. Felix was in his prime, Ichiro was in was in New York and Miami before he came back to Seattle. So it's just numbers like that. It was hard to argue that. I just think it's hard with the numbers that Garrett Cole has this year to argue for him not to be a Cy Young. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So the awards season is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think the MVPs are locked up, but the, the Cy Youngs are going to be, I think, the the more interesting aspect of uh, of of the award season. And I got one thing to add real quick before we yeah. jump to it. This Mariners team right now 
if you can keep this up, they got a good shot at Otani next year. If you can make a deep mm, run in the playoffs, yeah, I, I agree. seeing the way this team has turned it up to end the season and kind of crunch time to make sure, make it worthwhile to salvage the season, which they have. You know, Otani's looking at this and going, that, that could be a serious destination this next offseason. And so if you're yeah. Seattle, not only are you going for a deep playoff round World Series push to, to end the drought of being the only team to not make the World Series currently in the MLB, but you're pushing for the Otani sweepstakes. If you can make that push and you can show you're better than the other teams that are going to throw money at him, or at least in the sense to want to come to Seattle, now's the time. Yeah. Now's the time because you can go on this hot streak and win and, and win the AL West and make a deep playoff run, if not the World Series. Otani's looking at that. Not only are fans watching, Shohei Otani's watching what's happening in Seattle right now. And that, that, that's a good thing because if you can do this, you have a serious shot at landing Otani next offseason. No, I don't think it's unrealistic at all. I really don't. And I think Otani, I've said this for the past couple of podcasts. I think he wants to be part of a winning team. He wants his money, no doubt. And he's probably going to get a little less because of the injury, but Seattle will throw it at him, I think. And, you know, I mean, he wants to be part of a winner, and I would if if I'm him. It's like, why am I going to waste my talent on a team that's putting the entire team on waivers at the moment with the Angels? You know, like oh, right? Uh, they I were mean, buyers, and now they're just like, all right, later. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, everybody Bye. on the team, Bye. you're on waivers, everybody, literally everybody. So three fourths of the team, pretty much. So besides Mike Trout, like everybody but Mike Trout, pretty much, and and Rendon. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting, and that that'll play a key factor too. That that was a good point. That was a really good point, no doubt. All right, uh, we are – man, wow, I can't believe – we're a week away from the NFL season starting. Can you believe that? One week away from the Chiefs and the Lions. By the way, I love that game, man, the Chiefs and the Lions. The Lions are really getting a lot of love this year. Uh, I, I'm glad they're getting that love, and obviously Dan Campbell's going to be trying to break some kneecaps this year. What was it? Break some kneecaps, right? Or eat some kneecaps. So we fall down. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get them and, and bite their kneecap. It was something. I'll look up the quote, but it was something like that. Like if we fall, we're gonna get right up and, and bite yeah. their kneecap off. No, it was bite. It was bite. Yeah, there, there you go. That's what it was. That's what it was. But yeah, we're a week away from kickoff. Obviously, the Chiefs are going in as the uh, the preseason favorite. Now we're gonna make our picks uh, next week because the a show our show probably will be before the kickoff, so that'll be good. Or, or you know, obviously we have uh, the week one really is like the we'll work around uh, it. We'll, we work yeah, around we'll work football around. season. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We like, work like, around like it. you know, kickoff is technically a week away. But week one on that Sunday is when it really things really get kicked off. But um, you know, we wrote down expectations and. Man, I mean, this this season has a lot of expectations and, and a lot of good storylines. Obviously, a big one is Aaron Rodgers. Another one is Russell Wilson. Another one is Dak Prescott now with Trey Lance, as you called, being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what happens with Jonathan Taylor? What happens with the running backs this year? I mean, there's just, I mean, you know, you got your, your guys over in New England. What happens with Mac Jones? Uh, I mean, there, there's just so many storylines this year and expectations. So, have you thought of any uh, any any expectations for the NFL season this year, and what are you expecting? The only expectation I see that's really going to be big in my eyes is what's happening in Dallas right now. Mm. Jerry Jones is making a statement trading for Trey Lance. He's, he's pretty idiot, he's pretty much showing not that that's much, an idiotic trade, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he's go ahead, pretty go much showing Dak like if you don't work out this season, it's not the way we expect here here in yeah. in, a, in Jerry World. You're on the hot seat. Whether you like it or not, contract or not, you're on the hot seat. And I have a a project and a quarterback that we can work with and go from mm-hmm. there. But not only is it Dak, it's McCarthy. Because McCarthy put all the blame pretty much on Kellen Moore before he left, saying, well, if I would have ran the offense, that wouldn't have happened. Well, now it's time to put up and shut up, really there. Because you're America's team and all this, and everyone never – they never write you off, and they never think you're also going to be a, a Super Bowl contender. I, I think that's the reality. We never, like, write off Dallas as fans and, you know, podcasts like ourselves and analysts. They never write them off because they're they're good enough to compete, right, and make some noise. But we also don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders and champions. They're kind of like that – they're stuck in that gray area. It's like, yeah, you'll make the playoffs, but how mm. far will you really go? You're a good enough right. team to make it, but how far are you really go? Simple right. As that. Yeah. My only expectation is Dak has to have a good season. I, not really, I guess it's not really an expectation. It's more just kind of like a, like how, how I look at that trade mm-hmm. with them with trading with, for, for Trey Lance with Jerry. He's serious. He's seriously, he's putting Dak on the hot seat. He said, if you I don't agree. have a good season or if we as a team don't have a good season, it's going to fall on you. And it's going to fall on the head coach who blend everything on Kellen Moore last year with how the offenses ran and he could have done better. Well, it's time to put up or shut up in Dallas now because if you don't, there's going to be a lot of change of guard there. The people like to say a quarterback, head coach, 
and who knows what they already did it with Zeke at the running back position. They didn't really replace him. Totally. Is Tony Pollard going to be the guy? We don't know. Right. So it's just, I expect Dallas to, to kind of have a, a disaster. Like, like it's just kind of, it's warming up, dude. It, it's like, it's warming yeah, up. Like you feel it. The ice is starting to melt. You know, the, the <laughs> yeah. ground's shaking under their feet, man. I, I think, <laughs> I think it's happening in Dallas. It, it's not an expectation. I don't really have an expectation. So I just think Jerry trading for Trey Lance, it's kind of stirring the pot there in Dallas and showing Dak, you're not safe. I don't care how much money I paid you. I need winners. I need to win here in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, we have proclaimed to be winners. That That's kind of the aura we set around the team, you know, who we are. We're America's team, blah, 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 the whole stick, right? If we don't do anything this year, make a deep playoff run, you and McCarthy are on the hot seat. I think I think it's I think it's a one two right there. You and McCarthy on the hot seat, and and Quinn just sitting there. The DC's going. <laughs> I might have a head coaching gig again after this yeah, season, and a whole no five year to redraft who I want. Yes, so. yes, yes. Just the coaching waiting now. You know that's why Quinny's like, man, I might have the Dallas Cowboys well, stayed, right? on my I own mean, team again. And, yeah, well, maybe have a decent draft pick and get the quarterback I want. We'll see. But right, <laughs> it's and he's just, made a Super Bowl. He's made a Super Bowl. Yeah. He has to rewrite that wrong there. What Super Bowl was that again against the Patriots? Oh, what number was it? Twenty-three. Yeah. So yeah. he just—it's just—I <laughs> expect a downfall in Dallas this year. I expect a changing wow. of guard in Dallas. That okay. there's my expectation. I think I expect a change of guard at quarterback. So you're, you're thinking they're not making the playoffs? I mean, I know we're doing our picks next week, but let's just get it out of the way. No playoffs for the Cowboys this year. Let me think real quick. Because cause I, I think a disaster would be even making the playoffs and, like, losing in round one. You know what I mean? Like, that's a disaster to me, too. Yeah, I, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think okay. they'll also make the playoffs. I don't I don't think they're they're not good enough to make the playoffs. I think I think they're sound enough to make the playoffs. I really yeah, do. That too. defense is good, and Dak's a good quarterback, but he hasn't been good enough to take him to the next level. No quarterback right. has since Aikman. Yes. Really, Tony Romo was right there. Romo was right there. If Des would have caught, couldn't it, win the right? big game. Yeah, but couldn't win the just, big game. They, yeah. They've been struggling since Aikman. Really, like the last almost, close to thirty years, they have been struggling to to take that next leap out of the first couple rounds of the playoffs, or at least a championship game, and whether it's NFC or a Super Bowl. So the Cowboys, they want Super Bowls. Well, you haven't got Super Bowls the last couple of years. So I know this wasn't like supposed to be a Cowboys talk, you know, but we're we're, we're, yeah. we're on we're on the same page. I, I expect them to make the playoffs. But I don't expect them to go very far. And if they don't go yeah. past, if they don't make it past the second round, I agree. I, I think McCarthy's gone. I think Dak, you you look and do 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 someone taking snaps in the twenty twenty four season for the Dallas Cowboys, and that's why they traded for Trey Lance. It's just to put a little bit of pressure behind Dak. He's he's not going to play this year, but we have someone waiting. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the job done, and that's there how I go. see that Trey Lance. You trade. know, it's not it's not this year unless right. just. Hope because you all the player can say hell if like if Dak was to go down, then Trey Lance would step into that. I think they'll be like, okay, you know, let's see what you got going forward. If the season's kind of a it's a wash, right? So but you know they made that trade for Trey Lance to hopefully put a spark under Dak Prescott to be like, we, I need, agree. we need to win big games. We need to make the big games now. There's no more of this bounced in the wild card and divisional round. We have to compete for Super Bowls. There's no more of this mediocre only getting mm-hmm. to the first round. And I say mediocre in the sense because in Dallas, it's championship or bust every year, even every if they year. are an average below average team. It's a They're championship America's or bust team. every – exactly, yeah. every year. America's team, it's Super Bowl or bust. doesn't matter who's behind center. doesn't matter who's the head coach. Jerry Jones expects championships. He hasn't got them lately, but that's what he expects. So and the Trey Lance trade, it's a fire under deck to be like, if you don't yeah, do that I, I, this yeah. year – it's over. You're done. You and, and McCarthy are done. And Jerry's getting older too, right? He's in his 80s. He doesn't have, you know, obviously we hope he has a lot of time left on this earth, but he knows that he's getting older and he wants to win now, right? And and he's he's the most um, iconic owner in sports, right? And Jerry's look, Jerry does this, right, where he kind of creates like unnecessary distractions, but this is what Jerry wants. Like Jerry wants what he wants and and Dak Prescott has not been able to really take them past that second round. And I think you're right. Until he takes them past that second round, he's going to be on the hot seat. McCarthy's going to be on the hot seat. Expectations are super high in Dallas. And I think trading for Trey Lance is what you said. You said it perfectly. I can't really even explain it anymore. It's putting pressure on Dak Prescott to say he didn't even tell Dak. He didn't even tell Mike McCarthy, which I think is a little nuts. But 
it kind of just goes to show you that, hey, like, I didn't tell you because, like, I'm putting pressure on your ass. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it comes down to for me. And, yeah, I, I agree, man. I mean, some people will disagree, but the Cowboys' expectations are always going to be Super Bowl. I mean, that's why they're the, the trending topic on first take every Monday, every morning. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's the reason why. And and so, yeah. And I, well, what does I, I Stephen totally A agree. say? What does Stephen A say? Well, what, what what's going to go wrong is going to go wrong. <laughs> or was well, it? What can go wrong will wrong, go, wrong, will go or, wrong or something yeah. like that. Something like that. Don't, yeah. I'll cut that out for us, but it's something. Yeah. No, he, he's and, – and he's been right, but let's see if he's right this year. I agree with you. I think they're going to be a playoff team, but can they make it to the NFC Championship game? I think that's got to be their goal at least this year is make it to the NFC Championship game because they just haven't been there in so long. Be competitive for a Super Bowl, and I think they have the team to do it. They have the talent, and I think Dak is a, a, a capable quarterback to get to get them there, but – We'll see. We'll see what happens. My expectation, man, is is obvious. Let's just go to my Jets. Um, just so much hype, man. There, there's so much hype around this team, and you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I think they can be a playoff team. I really do, and I know the AFC is loaded. I'm, I'm not one of these guys that thinks, oh my god, the Jets, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. They're, they're fifth in the Vegas odds. I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't think Rodgers is older. I'm not saying he doesn't have zip on the ball still, but he doesn't move around as much anymore. I don't think he's going to be that MVP Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I think he's going to be better than last year because well, I think that, he's got and that O-line is sus. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's not terrible, but it's, it's not great. You know, but Becton's always hurt and he's not in shape and, you know, they have, um, Vera Tucker, who's really the only guy that that's reliable, but he's the only guy that's reliable. That's the problem. So, yeah, the, if the, uh, that's what my thing. If the offensive line can get it together this year, if they can really hold firm and keep Rodgers upright, that's going to be important because Rodgers has got some decent weapons. I mean, obviously, I think Garrett Wilson, the kid's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be Rodgers' next number 17. That's going to be a superstar in this league. But, you know, you also have guys like Al Lazard, Randall Cobb. You have, um, you know, uh, uh, McCall Hardman, who's really he's a speed threat. Rogers loves the speed threat. So we'll see. And, and, and they have a, you know, Uzama, Uzama at, at tight end, who's a pretty capable tight end. Jets have always had like literally no production at tight end for as long as I can remember since like Anthony Becht. But, um, you know, I mean, we'll see. But, but my, my expectation is for the Jets to at least, at least come close to the playoffs, right? If they don't make the playoffs, I do think Robert Sala will be gone. Hey. You know what? Maybe Rogers is like, hey, uh, you know, my boy Nat Hackett over there, uh, I know he didn't exactly work out as a coach, but if you want to keep me here, you know what I mean? So we'll see, man. But the Jets' expectations are sky high. I- I'm a little bit more pessimistic on them. You know, my girlfriend Brittany always tells me all the time, you got to believe, you got to believe. But I'm like, you got to understand, it's just so hard for a Jets fan to believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's right, but it's like, it's just so hard for a Jets fan to believe. So, and, and um, it's kind of funny and ironic. She, she's preaching that to you because, of her being a Broncos fan and the season they had last year. Like, just, you just well, gotta believe it's, it's, it's it, like, it, oh. yeah. it could be ironic. <laughs> it could be ironic. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen to the Jets where, you know, like we saw with the Eagles. Remember when they had Vince Young and they had all these, these top, top flight players and they were like, I'm the awesome walk. Yeah. They had all these top flight players and, and on paper they were great, but in the season they sucked, you know, and, and I, I just don't want it to turn into that. So. Oh man, we'll see. I I think the Jets aren't going to be really good. They're not going to be really bad. I think they're probably going to be in that middle, like ten and seven. <laughs> Hopefully, ten and seven get into the playoffs. That that's my expectations for the Jets. I, I think the Jets will get in. I, I think they're going to be good so. enough to get it. I don't see. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan by any means, and everyone no. that watches listens, and you know that I've I've got a moon like I'm Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> like on like on video, like that's my Aaron Rodgers Rodgers mimic. But yeah, um. Which has nothing to do with it, by the way. Like he doesn't do that. That's just no, my, it's, it's my my comedic uh, satire. Like, yes, for for Aaron Rodgers. But I think they'll make the playoffs. Patriots are gonna have a down year. I don't think the Patriots are gonna win more than five or six games. Really? Oh wow! I okay. really don't. I even with they they just got Mac no weapons. I mean that's a whole other thing we could talk no. about right after yeah. this. But they're good enough to make it to make the playoffs. I still I still think it's Buffalo's division to win. I think it's going to go through Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to snag a one seed this year. I think the Chiefs will take that little step back. Not a lot. I'm not saying drastic. I don't think they're going to take a big drastic drop last year, Tyreek Hill leaving, and they'd be in Super Bowl champions. But my thing, my thing with the Chiefs is, is Chris Jones isn't there on the D line and he actually holds out till week eight. That's, 
that's a lot of sacks and a lot yeah. of tackles and a lot of a lot of like un what what's the word not not where you what they the word they use for like where it's not there's no stat but it's just the impact of the plays him impacting the plays off the ball and, and it's even on the ball where it's just there's no stat for a recorded a recorded stat for a tackle or or, or a bull rush or whatever even even his impact on non plays to his side. Chris Jones is still a factor. So that's where the Chiefs could take that step back where he doesn't come back. Then yes, the, the Bills, I think it's like a one seed, but it just depends because playoff football, it's, it's Chiefs, baby. That's the problem. That's the thing. It's Chiefs. Yeah. Especially if they get Chris Jones back, right? Exactly. So I, I don't see the Jets not making the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, Rogers better retire and Salah's gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, Salah's gone. Yeah. Salah's gone. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Rodgers. I mean, I know he's still going to be making a ton of money, but um, if he has a bad year, though, if Rodgers has a bad year again, or even worse than last year, I know he kind of turned it up at the end of the season. But yeah, retirement might be uh might be in the cards for for old uh, number eight, twelve, and now number eight. But uh, have you been keeping up with Hard Knocks at all? Uh, not really. I haven't watched. I haven't watched much of it. I've been watching. Yeah. Uh, I did watch Swamp Kings, which I know we're going to talk about here. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk but, about that um, in a second. But no, yeah, no, I, I, my, the lady's been making well, me he, watch like Shameless. Okay. I'm watching like non-sport stuff. <laughs> so, well, Rogers has just been talking trash to all these guys and yelling at his teammates and all that. So, I mean, I like that he's invested, but we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, he, he you know, and again, Rogers kind of probably knows that the cameras are on him. You know, so he's got to kind of put on like this. Okay, everybody likes me, and you know, like I'm I'm gonna be the nice guy Aaron Rodgers, and I'm gonna you know be all in. But hopefully, he's all in when the cameras aren't on him. You know what yes. I mean? All the HBO cameras aren't on him. But so. he's too much of a competitor. I think he's too yeah, much no, of a competitor he is. to sit yeah, there and right. have a losing season. So he, there's no way the Jets don't win ten games and make the playoffs. I just think that's kind of, I think that's safe to say. But hey, anything can happen in football. Yeah, anything can happen right. in football in one game. It's you got 17 games a season now, and one game could dictate the whole outcome. There's been so many teams that have gone from worst to first, right? Yep. There's been so many instances of that, and I don't know how many times it's going to happen this year, but look at the Giants last year. I mean, it, it's just there's been a ton of teams like that. So those are our big expectations going in a week from today. The NFL season starts. Uh, all right, so yeah, let's finish off with Swamp Kings, man. So did you see it? I watched all of it after we talked about where you saw the first couple episodes and then I had said I did binge watch it this weekend. The wife didn't like it, but I binge watched some Swamp Kings this weekend real quick, all four episodes. Um, my quick take on it is it was a, it was a good documentary. I did like the covers they did of the team, the Urban Meyer era, the, the, the championship run and, and really the change of the guard from them to Alabama. Really, that's what it showed. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you had that, you had that stint with, with Urban Meyer, the Tim Tebow era and that 06 championship, but, Really what happened is the dynasty of Alabama kicked in in 09 and kind of rolled with it there. So it was a change that could get the guard at that sense. But no, I thought Netflix did a good job in portraying that Gators team. I just think I saw like mixed reviews about it, which I, like I said, I thought it was really good. I thought they did really good coverage from mm-hmm. the team that was there that Urban Meyer inherited until the, then the, the guys he recruited like Percy Harvin and Tim Tebow of the likes and, yeah. and Spikes and then getting the championship and contending and so forth. I think people were expecting more of like a drama, like the Pouncy Twins, Aaron Hernandez, Cam Newton throwing the laptop out of the window, right? I think they're expecting more of like almost like a cop style, like Netflix documentary, you know, detective work, whatever. Or no, it's just like they were covering that little, that small, not say like a sample size dynasty of the Florida Gators. And that's what it was. It's Urban Meyer took over this team after Steve Spurrier left and people were calling for Steve Spurrier back when he left for South Carolina and Urban Meyer couldn't beat Steve for the first two seasons. It was just like, it, it was just like a life culture shock. It just shows you And Urban Meyer said, it. I went from Utah at the time in the mountain West, I believe it was to mm-hmm. sec football. And so he went from what Bowling Green to Utah and then to, to um Florida. Yeah. Florida. Thank you. But yeah, I just think people were expecting it because everyone's like, okay, we're doing these documentaries. I got to see like Aaron Hernandez, the Pouncy Twins, yeah. Tim Tebow, Brandon Spikes, Cam Newton at one point on this one team. Like, how did Urban Meyer do it? Well, he showed how he did it with the Army style training at midnight oh, and early crazy, in the morning and all that. Bro. That, that yeah. is insane. But I just think people were 
had it in their head the way it was going to go, and it didn't go that way. It was still very well produced. I thought it was a good documentary covering that era of Florida Gators football. But like I said, I think people are just thinking it's going to be more of like an episode of Cops with like Aaron Hernandez <laughs> and the Pouncey Twins and, and Cam Newton and all yeah. these guys that were on the one team. And then Tim Tebow, you know, like greatest guy to walk the earth of college football. How did he keep this team together with Urban Meyer? I think people are just more how to, how to imagine how it's going to go in their head than actually how it was going to be portrayed on the the, the at home screen on Netflix, right? So I think I just think people put their own expectations in their head of how there it's going to be, and it didn't turn out how they thought it was. That's why it was very mixed reviewed. But I thought it was a very good documentary. It was entertaining, right? It was entertaining, and obviously they didn't touch on the the. Uh, well, they touched on some of the controversies, like with the arrests and stuff like that. But yeah, like the main characters, like you said, with Aaron Hernandez and the Pouncey Twins and Cam Newton situation. But they just didn't want to, you know, they they kind of just focused on the team that was there. Um, and and I know they were there. Um, but I'm just saying the team that won games and they just focused more on the play. I think they focused more on the play of the team than what happened outside and all the distractions and all that. So, I, yeah, I thought it was a good documentary too. But I, I think people's expectations, like you said, kind of waited on covering those that side of the team other than just the, the play of the team you know what i mean so but netflix has really been doing a good job man i enjoyed it i just want to know it's like like i said i know they covered what urban meyer did afterwards with ohio state and for the <laughs> nfl but just just give me a one episode doc just give me a one episode a doc. just a special of that game in cincinnati with urban meyer to him not taking the team plane home, to him yeah. being fired the next day oh, from him showing up at that bar with that college girl. Just give me a one hour special. That's all. That's all I want. Just give me the one hour special of the events that led up to that, and get guys like Trevor Lawrence sitting in the chair, and he then Doug Peterson year. the next season just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that here this year. Like you know, just no. something. Just just it'd be somewhat comedic, but it's just it's never gonna happen. No, but give me that, that one hour special of of. Like what's in Urban's head? They're like, all right, you guys fly home, fly back to Jacksonville. I'm gonna stay here and hang out with family, and then you get busted at the bar with the college girl. You know what's funny? And they had that <laughs> and then, scene. And fired. Remember? Remember when they had that scene where Urban Meyer like kept him on the tarmac and was like, you know, like he was mad that they were laughing on the plane and everything, and then he goes and does that. It's like, what happened to your like uh, army style? You know, and I guess you can't do that in the NFL. But man, I mean, that that's just. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I was surprised at that. I would thought of that when I'm like, oh, he kept him on the tarmac for two, three hours. Well, what about you didn't even fly home with your team in Jacksonville? So, yeah. And, that's, and that's... now that you say that, like, like stay on the tarmac or like the army style training, like the the boot camp. I wouldn't say army, but like the boot camps, the, oh, yeah. the midnight lifts, the early morning workouts, all this running the, the stairs, the whole stairs. The stairs and all that. I think there are certain regulations now they put in place, and I don't even uh, think you did that at Ohio yeah. State. That's right. You're I'm, right. I'm gonna, you're I'm right. gonna, I'm kind of gonna be honest about that. I don't. No, think you're you right. At Ohio State, just because back then it was kind of like run your program, don't let the players die. Pretty much mm. is what it was. What, yeah. That's just how I look at it. Because there's right. no way he was doing that at Ohio State. Because news nah, would have broke out of it with all the controversy that was happening before and after, and, and the DV that happened with the coach and all that was on his coaching staff then. Like, there's no way that would just went under wraps if he did that at Ohio State. There, there's just no way. There's no way. No, I agree. Yeah, it, it's there's too many rules and regulations, which, which is safe. It's safe to do that for sure. And yeah, and you're I, not going to get away I, doing that to, to NFL athletes. I can no, tell you that no, now. no, no. Paid players? No. Well, you know who knows who's paid or not. But, like, like, they're, uh, like you, like you set you set the president the precedent as like the head coach and the owner, like like the Patriot way. What's happening in Kansas City? What's happening in Seattle? Teams like that where they have a culture in place. Where it's, it's this way, we do things this way, we train this way, we talk this way in interviews, we approach the media this way, we carry ourselves this way, we dress a certain way. Like, teams do have that set, right? Like, their culture and how they are as a franchise. But you're not going to be running an Army-style boot camp at midnight. No, I'm going to tell you that right now. No, no one's going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to go to boot camp at midnight because I have a family at home and I need to rest after a 12-hour day at the field and the film. Like, you're not going to hold me here mm-hmm. for till midnight. I, I got to go home to my family. I got to yeah. – I know this is my job, but I have a life outside of football too that I have to take care of. Yeah, my family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, it, it's just the you know the NFL has those set of rules when you can practice, and now the NCAA has adopted that that style of running. You know, the NCAA calls and, itself a you and, know, but and it's, it's it's just player safety. It's yeah, just like back then. There's probably just more like a 
like a lead way to run your program, make sure players are being taken care of. You, you're, you're the captain of your own ship. Just mm-hmm. if stuff starts coming out, things are going to happen. Things are going to change. Well, things were changing. Players were getting not like at Florida, but th- players were getting hurt. Players were almost dying on fields of practice and certain heat and all this, you know? So it's just, they had, there, there was changes made. And like I said, there's just no way that culture was going to go to Ohio state the way, cause he went in 2014. I think it was, he went his first year. He won the title, the final four title there mm-hmm. at Ohio state. So yep. that was, that was what, uh, Almost a ten year difference. That was an eight year difference in oh six to to fourteen. A lot changed between then and even just the NCAA in general. So for for player safety, I know they were like, Yeah, you're not you, you can't do this here. Yeah, no, I yeah. It's for the best. I think it's for the best just to keep players safe, you know. Yep. For sure. But yeah, I was really amazed. That was the one takeaway I had from the documentary was just how hard he worked those players, man. They really showed a lot of behind the scenes footage of how much those players suffered. You know, suffered for. And they, for they their... became champions for it. Yeah, and they did. That's right. Absolutely. All right, man. I think that's gonna do it. I uh, I, I think that's our rundown for the nights. Uh, obviously, next week we're gonna do our picks. Uh, we'll go through each division. We'll pick the four teams in each division, four through one, and then we'll make our playoff picks. We'll make our MVP picks. You know, rookie of the year, and then uh, Super Bowl. So it'll be a pretty heavy NFL show next week for sure. Right? Yes. Quick baseball talk. See where the manners are at, and then we're yeah, gonna yeah, jump yeah. right to football. All right. Maybe, so maybe until, throw some college football in the mix. We got yeah, some oh yeah, football too. Yeah, this too, week, so. this week is really the, the first big week of, of college football. So yeah, no, we'll do that as well. So it'll be a big pack show for next week here on the Talking Ball do you, podcast. Do you have, real quick, do you have any hot takes? Yeah, I, I was thinking of them during the show, man. I, I really don't. I mean, oh God. You got a college I, football hot take? College, well, I don't think the, I don't think Colorado is going to be very good this year. I, I think it's going to take Dion maybe a year or two to get that team, uh, to get that team rolling. I think they're going to get trounced by TCU, to be perfectly honest with you. Ooh, that's a good, is that your hot take? That, My hot that's... take is, yeah, I don't, maybe it's not a hot take, but I just, I think it's going to take a couple years for Dion to get that team rolling. Yeah, I do. I, I can agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on that. Um, I'll keep it in the Pac 12. The University of Washington will win the Pac-12 and will represent the Pac-12 in the Final Four for the BCS National Championship. Mm, okay. I All think right. Penix is going to lead the charge. I think he's a high, he's a legitimate Heisman hopeful moving forward. I think I think he can lead the Huskies to that point. I think he can lead them to a Pac-12 title. And if they can at least win 11, 12 games, you know, and come out of the Pac-12 with the championship, I don't see why they can't. College football, you're allowed at least one loss. If it's a good yes. loss earlier in the season or late, if it's a, if it's a good loss, yes. not, not, there's no such thing as a good loss, but you, you know what I mean, right? When I say good loss. So they just can't lose to like a Wazoo who's like three and six. Like a good USC yeah. that they beat them in a championship game. Then yes, they have a chance for, I mean, you see in the SEC and all the good schools, but yes, my hot take, my hot take is the University of Washington will win the Pac 12 and they will make the final four for the BCS national championship. All right. Well, hey, and Penix is going to be a, 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 I think a Heisman hopeful. I, I think, think so, so too. I think he yeah. will. He's that good. And I think he's going to be a pretty high draft pick as well. So, all right. So there you go, man. And college football is coming up too. We, we got a lot to talk about next week. It's going to be a good show. I'm not that this wasn't a good show, but we got a packed show for next week. But uh, of course, guys, you can always find us on all platforms except X. We're working on that still. Um, you know, SoundCloud, YouTube, YouTube shorts, uh, TikTok, Facebook. And uh, Spotify, iTunes podcasts, and all that. So until next time, until episode, I believe, 33, it is the Talking Ball Podcast. He is Antonio. I'm Ryan. Peace out. Later.